Hey, what's up? It's your boy Anthony Cass Clark, and welcome to another edition of Thoughts Over Coffee Daily. Good people of the world, what is up? I hope that all is well, all is well on this side. Today, very special episode lined up for you featuring Kevion Sturdivant. Kevion is an entrepreneur. He's a real estate mogul slash life coach. Kevion is out here killing it. And the reason why I have decided to share this very special episode with you is because it is one of the best podcasts I have ever listened to in my whole entire life. Kevion has a very unique experience, very unique life. And uh, I was just happy to hear this because he dropped so many gems, especially him being a life coach and then him building a very successful real estate agency. Um, this podcast comes from the Short Story Long podcast, of course, hosted by Chris Drama Paft. I have shared uh, a couple episodes from his podcast before, but uh, Drama kills it over there at Short Story Long. So just want to give him his credit because he did a great job hosting. And without him, of course, we wouldn't have this episode. So this episode is really long. It's about three hours. So I'm going to be sharing it in parts of about an hour and 15 minutes each. So it'll be three days. Uh, today starts part one, and then we'll end off on part three. Uh, so I don't really much have I don't really have much to say because I want to get right into the episode since it's kind of long. But just prepare yourselves, buckle your seatbelts, get some pen and paper because Kevion is one that you don't want to miss. Listen, this is not for entertainment. This is for knowledge. So get your pen and paper. Write down some of these things because he talks about a lot about the seven equities. Talks about goal setting, writing things down. Lots of gems. So, without further ado, here it is. Short story long, hosted by Drama, featuring Kevion Sturdivant. Here it goes. Let's go. All right, here we are. Short story long. I have to say, this is probably the most excited I've ever been about doing a podcast because of the excitement of my guest. Um, you posted on Instagram our conversation. I literally almost teared up with your happiness for me asking you to be on the podcast because it really, for me, was like like the fact that it even meant something to somebody meant so much to me. I don't know if that makes any sense. Definitely, yeah. But, Kevion, how do you say your last name? Sturdivant. 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 That's how it's, how it's spelled. Kevion Sturdivant. Welcome to Short Story Long. Thank you, sir. I'm excited, man. I mean, I, for the listeners, um, we were connected by Sneaker Steve, who's a good friend of both of ours, who did the podcast and did a great job. Um, and your name had came up a bunch in uh, recommendations of people that I should interview. And, um, but like, we kind of know each other, but like very removed, right? We're like third, three people removed from each other, maybe two. Um so I just didn't, I don't know, we just hadn't connected. And then Steve connected us, and like I said, you being so excited to do it really made me super excited and happy and pumped. So I'm stoked. Thank you for that. Yeah, really stoked. Um, let's get into it, man. Where it. are you from? That's a tough question. Um, I feel like I was raised all over California. I was born in Oakland in 82. Jesus. Um, and How long were you in Oakland for? I was only in Oakland for a couple years. Okay, so you don't really remember it too well. No, I don't really remember it too well. So um, lived all over Southern California, really. Mm -hmm. Spent a little bit of time in Ohio. Really? Yeah. Living in Ohio? Living in Ohio. What part? 
Cincinnati. Damn, that's yeah, cool. Yeah, great time. We'll get, we'll get to that yeah. for sure. So Southern California. All over. All over. Yeah. Um, and what about like early sort of early? First of all, this is the other thing. Is your name spelled Kevin? It's spelled Kevin. Why is it Kevion? Why did you remix it? <laughs> <laughs> so you know Damien Pugh? I know the name, but Damien why? Damien Pugh, he's, he's been with Creative Rec. There's a debate oh, between yeah, yeah, yeah. who invented my my nickname whether it's uh jonas or damien okay and uh jonas says he invented it damien said it was him but it was at a just a random french party we threw one night okay and it was like i don't know maybe 15 years ago uh-huh. and everybody's wearing these french mustaches right and i'm walking down the staircase and either jonas or damien just goes Kevion. <laughs> and that whole night you Everybody just kept saying Kevion from there forward. Most of my friends know me as Kevion. Man, that's powerful. Yeah, it's amazing what one is... like drunken night can do. <laughs> and Kevion's so yeah. much better. I almost changed it. It's so much better. Like no, it. you know, no disrespect to your parents because they did a great uh, job. But I'm just saying, Kevion's sick. Kevion's like you. you're your own. Thank like you, I've never met a Kevion. That. Yeah, I was gonna change it at one point. Uh, my father and I shared the same name, and. Yeah. Uh, I was going to change it at one point, but I decided not to. Are you over it now? Like, do you think maybe it'll... You never know. It might come back. I like it. Maybe I support it. Vote. If you decide, I support your decision. Thank you, sir. Um, so childhood in Southern California, like what... Paint the picture for me. What was life like? So growing up, like, you know, we, we moved around a lot. Mm-hmm. It, I don't have like a... a uh, rags to riches story, right? Yeah. It feels like it was more of a... a a riches to rags and then finding a path of how to get back to riches. Got it. So, so were your parents, do your parents had money? My dad, I didn't know exactly what he did, uh-huh. right? He would just travel a lot mm-hmm. and he would come home. Um, you know, I'd be four or five years old and he would literally come home with a briefcase full of money. Oh, great. Yeah. So your dad was a drug trafficker. He was an entrepreneur <laughs> of sorts. He was an, uh, an entrepreneur in the underworld. Yep. And so I got to experience some pretty cool stuff. I was an a, a only child until five or six. Uh-huh. Yeah, five years old until 88. And so my parents would throw these crazy parties at like the Mondrian uh-huh. off of Sunset, the Bonaventure. And my dad was big in the club life. Uh-huh. So, like, he, they would sneak me into these, like, literally nightclubs. And they would get me my own little suite while uh, they were throwing these crazy parties at the Bonaventure and, and all these places. And then, um, you know, all his friends drove dope cars. I remember that. I went to a private school. And then around, I think I was six or seven years old, like, uh-huh. literally, we get a knock on the door and everything changes like everything changes my dad gets sent away and um we're on welfare you know my mom's a single mom and she told me that my dad went away to be a fireman so um that's why when i went to go visit him it was behind a glass because Firemen yeah, you know you're on smoke. Glasses. You gotta be you're, you're ah, on smoke all yep, the time. There and it is. So, Tricky, man. Yeah, mom she, is creative. Yeah, mom was good, and so. So you literally would go visit your dad. I'd go visit him. He was in, in prison a, yeah. and be like, "How's firefighting school? Dad? What's going on, Dad? Like, like you had no idea. Like? I had no idea. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, I saw the movie Scarface for the first time when I was probably ten or eleven, uh-huh. and things started to click. 
Really? Yeah, things started to click. God damn it. Like, oh, Tony Montana is a, is oh, a firefighter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Certain things started to click, for sure. Man, how interesting. So, how fucking interesting. Yeah. So, did you just kind of put the pieces together yourself? I don't know. I don't think I really knew until I was 12 or 13, mm-hmm. right? And so he bottom line is it was it was a lot. I think it was I think it was maybe 88 and it was something like 200 keys. Uh-huh. And it was it was 200 k keys of not it wasn't weed. Uh-huh. Right. And so my dad got sentenced to 20 years. Um, he ended up doing half of that in little bits and pieces. It was really weird how it was set up. But, um, you know, the interesting thing that I learned from it is that my dad would send me these letters from uh-huh. prison and he would be telling me about how th- like the different jobs that he was getting in prison. Like it was a positive thing. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, you know, it's kind of cool in here. I'm now managing the gym in here. I mean, like crazy yeah do you think that was him trying to keep it positive for you that think that's just how he was just a positive guy my dad grew up in east los angeles and he was just the ultimate hustler where are your parents just quickly to go way back like where are your parents where did your parents originate from so they uh my mom is first generation from the philippines okay yeah my dad's dad my grandpa was uh german Right, he was yep. a Spanish. He started one of the first Spanish Lutheran ministries, like in the mid 1900s. Okay, and uh, my dad's mom was Spanish and Mexican. Got it. So you know, just they met at I think Wilson. Um, was that story I, good? You texted me this morning the story of how your parents met. Was it a good story? That or was not unreal. Really? That that cracked me up, dude. I was but she dying. wrote a fake story. No, that was yeah, that was real. Oh, you said it was unreal. It was unreal. Oh, I thought you like, said that wasn't real. Yeah, I was like, what? Yeah, no, just like, oh my god. Was the gosh. story good? Yeah, I, I should probably read something. So here's what I love. You should read the story. Yeah. Here's what I love, and to all my listeners, because I'm going to do the same thing. Mother's Day is coming up on Sunday. Damn it, I'm a bad son. On Sunday. <laughs> and what Kevion did was wrote to his mom and asked, how did you and dad meet? Is that what you did? I asked her all these questions. I said, you know, what high school did you did did uh, you and dad go to? What grade did you meet? How old were you when you had me? Why did you guys move to Oakland? Was dad always hustling? You know, um, and I just said, I'm doing an interview today. So good. Yes. Man. And so um, she, she told me, you know, that they jumped, my, my dad kind of jumped different high schools from Garfield to Wilson High. And so my mom wrote me. She said, we met in 10th grade. I was a good Christian girl. And he posed as this super eccentric stoner type, uh-huh. long hair, and wore only black t-shirts with all the rock groups, Pink Floyd, David Bowie, ACDC. And he sat behind me in English and tapped my shoulder and asked if he can copy my homework. And then nice. he whispered in my ear, tricks are for kids. Good work. Yeah, your dad's a pimp. (laughs) My dad's killing it, right? (laughs) And then she said, he asked to take photos of me after class, that it was a project he was doing, and next thing you know... That old trick. Next thing you know, I was ditching class with him to take these photos. We walked through Cal State University, and he tricked me to believe that this motorcycle that he got on was his. He hotwired it, stole it, and we drove to Uncle Mark's and Auntie Puffa's shack in Al Sereno, and there the pot stories began. Your dad's incredible. (laughs) Damn it, your dad, that is amazing. So you had no idea of any of that? No. And it wasn't until, that's why I think everyone here should um, do me a favor, personal project, text your mom and ask how 
your mom and dad met. Hopefully, it doesn't cause any trouble over Mother's Day. I apologize exactly. if it does. But that's an incredible story to just dig up. Yeah, it was cool. And then, you know, I never really understood why did we move to Oakland. Yeah. You know, because it was we had family up there, but she goes on to tell me about how they moved to Oakland because they were pregnant with me. You know, uh -huh. they were barely barely twenty years old. And that was kind of their way of my dad getting out of the game. Like, my my dad had been in the game since he was an early teenager. Did they move from here to Oakland? They moved from East Los Angeles to Oakland. And to get out of the game. But then he got back in. He got back in. Yeah. This is fucking fascinating, man. Yeah. I... Um, and then how long, so you were in Oakland for like two years, and then you came back. Came back to um, East Los Angeles, you know, and um, yeah, it was interesting. Like my seventh, eighth, ninth birthday, mm -hmm. I spent visiting my dad in prison. Okay, so let me ask you this too, because I'm just so just blown away by this. Um, so as childhood goes on, like did you just start, you just kind of naturally start to figure out what your dad did and that he wasn't becoming a firefighter yes like there was never like a moment of like yo santa claus isn't real your dad's right. not a firefighter you just see you know and you hear things from other family members i knew that my dad wasn't doing right yep. just put it put it put it that simple i didn't yep. i didn't understand it but i knew what he do he was doing wasn't right yep. i knew the cops took him yep so in my mind um i knew he he wasn't doing something legal Yep. But then he's still my dad and he's still my hero. Yep. So I think that really started to develop this like defiance towards authority. Like they took my dad. That's what I was going to ask is how did yeah. that affect you? Like did you ever, did you go through a phase of being mad at your dad? Did you go through like no, how did no, you No, no, I was never, I never was mad at my dad until probably my mid-20s when I started really being a good father. And yep. I kind of saw and learned what fatherhood was really all about. Yeah. Up but so when you were a kid, you were just no, you just hated the cops. I hated the cops. I remember remember Bad Boy Club, right? What was that? Remember Bad Boy Club? How old, how old are you? I'm thirty. So you should remember. What's Bad, Bad Boy, Boy Club? Club? There was this clothing company. Panel. <laughs> Anyways, I, like Is that what it was? Those flexing. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. And yes. so like we had this whole joke about the Bad Boy Club, and I remember I got him in a lot of trouble because I actually wrote wrote to him and I told him that me and the Bad Boy Club are going to break him out of there, and oh, he got shit. in like a lot of trouble for that. That's funny. Yeah. So were you like a little badass when you were like super young? Like were you like on some like fuck this, I'm going to do what I want to, fuck the police? No, no, I wasn't really like fuck the police. <laughs> you know, I think my mom, like I was the, I was my mom's only son at that time. Uh -huh. And so I think I really tried to be the man like around the house and, yep. and really I mean, I think I was a really good kid. Like, I got really good grades on the honor roll, all that stuff. Yep. And then when my baby sister Marina was born when I was five, six, and 88, around that same time when my dad had to go, yep. I had to, like, take care of her. Yep. My mom never dated anybody else, to my knowledge. So it's like I had to really help her. She yeah. had to figure out how to work and things like that. So That's pretty um, amazing. It just seems like you had a really good perspective on it, like, at that young of an age. Like, being that you didn't lash out, you didn't go get in trouble, nah. you didn't go do a bunch of drugs or turn into a crazy person, you also didn't hate your dad, right. you also didn't, like, it just seems to be like, yo, like, I don't really fuck with authority and shit, but, like, I got a man up. Like, that's yeah. your attitude. Yes. Times are tough. Like, I got to take care of this. Well, and I think my mom instilled or did her best to instill a lot of the word in me, mm -hmm. right? Like, my mom would have me read Bible verses and all this stuff, and I think, you know, that that had an impact as well. Yeah. So. What about... um? early sort of ambitions or dreams or goals like um 
what did you think you were going to be when you were 10 years old? When I was 10? Man, what did I think I was going to do when I was 10? Well, my dad actually had wanted me to go into the Coast Guard, uh-huh. right? And so at that point, I remember thinking, like, whatever my dad wants me to do, that's that's what I'm going to do. Yep. But I also remember in school, I couldn't draw at all, but I would always draw skyscrapers. Uh-huh. And I would always put my initials at the top of the skyscraper. Like, yeah. I could draw buildings for some reason. Yep. And so my initials are KAS, right? And so I would draw these skyscrapers with windows and everything. And... um kind of interesting that i'm in real estate yeah now. that's really yeah. funny maybe you're gonna be the next for lack of a i can't even say the don't t say word it, i can't even don't say, say it. T- just don't say it damn it <laughs> but just kevin on, on every you know just a case on every. case yeah. um okay so so you don't remember any like sort of like what did you do let's say when you got into like high school years so my dad it's, it's interesting because he would go he would come in and, and go back out, right? So I remember he was out for my 10th birthday. Was that like a visitation thing? I don't know what the setup was. Yeah. Like, I don't know if he kept getting in trouble and had to have had to go back in. Yeah. I didn't yeah. know what the exact arrangement was. All I know is he was out for my 10th birthday. Yep. And he took me to the outhouse in West Covina and bought me my first board. And it was a Sal Barbier, Plan B. Um, and then I remember he bought the uh, Adam McKnight board with Claudia Schiffer on it. Uh-huh. And that was that was a big deal. Like I didn't really, really know that I was super into it because I played baseball, played some other things. Yeah. But in '93, um, you know, this is like a really fresh era. It's uh-huh. one of my favorite eras. Uh-huh. And I'm like 11, 12. You know, Far Side, Bizarre Ride Two's on repeat. Yeah. You know, that's like Souls of Mischief era. Yeah. And I'm getting really into that. And my mom hands me a cover of a thrasher mag Uh and my uncle is on it and that that changed everything who's your uncle uh rick ibaceta yeah we gotta look that up um what the fuck okay so did your dad buy you a skateboard because he was into skating or was it just sort of like a southern california culture thing like here try this he couldn't like rip or anything but it was you know he grew up surfing bmxing yep. and um that was a southern california thing yeah and then yep. when you had the cosign of your uncle being a skate yep. star yes yeah my mom would she would kind of bring him he lived up in the bay yeah and uh he i mean he was he's legendary he's like legendary emb crew yeah so he's yeah, had yeah. a cover of thrasher i believe a cover of slap cover of trans world is he like the like mike carroll sort of like he's yeah. the older he, of that group. My understanding is he taught Mike Carroll how to kickflip. I like that. Yeah. I like the like family legend. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's dope. Uh, it's funny because I can relate to that so much because that's literally why I started skateboarding was because obviously my cousin, pro skateboarder, and I just remember thinking it was so cool. Like I didn't really know what it was. I didn't really get it, but it was just like, oh, my cousin does this cool thing and like I want to do it too. And yes. I ended up just falling in love with it, you know? It was everything. So then did, at that point, did you just become dedicated to skateboarding 93 it was like on yeah right and i don't know how i got exposed to castle it was like california amateur skateboard league yep but that was a really big thing in my life like i didn't i wasn't really into baseball or or like didn't get super into peewee league or whatever but castle was my thing and so i was in like the novice division which is like 11 and 12 Uh um and I remember, I think maybe 94, I won state championships. And even though there was only like six people uh-huh. in my division, it was like 
the biggest thing that's for funny, me man time. it's so funny how skateboarding just like takes over your life it was like, everything it's not like like there's kids that grow up playing baseball and blah 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 and like it's just sort of a segment of your life where like literally when you're a, a diehard skateboarder it's it's almost like you're a skateboarder or you're not right you either quit right. within like the first year or you keep going and then if you do it literally changes the way that you look at the entire world Everything. Like everything you see is everything like a skate see. spot, not yeah. a set of stairs. And it just takes over your entire existence. It's really interesting. Yeah. So you were good. I was all right. I think I think for some reason, like people liked me being around. I don't know what it was. Like all my friends were uh, the judges, which kind of helped. I don't know if you remember Ryan <laughs> Kenrich dope. or Jason Martinez or any of these yeah, guys. Jason but Martinez. these dudes were always the judges. Yep. And so I would go up against... Um, like Josh Brubaker, who is mm -hmm. now the, the, you know, he started Clearweather Shoes. Yep. He was in my division. Yep. He was definitely better than me, for sure. Um, but you knew but the judges. But I knew the judges. Damn it, you know, it's not, it's not goes what you know, it's who way. you know. Yeah, that's so true. Um, and so, yeah. So that at that point, you era. were, did you think, um, did you have a big phase where you thought maybe pro skateboarding? Absolutely. Yeah. It was it. It was the only, I had my whole dream figured out. Me and my best friend, Los, like, we were going to turn pro, and yeah. then we are going to move to SF and open a skate shop. And we are going to skate every day for the rest of our, our lives. That was the dream. In 90, 93, 94, yeah. 95, that was it. Man, when I moved, I remember, and I always tell this story. I don't know if I've told it on the podcast yet. If I have already, I am sorry for repeating myself. But I remember very uh, vividly sitting on my friend's roof when I was about to graduate high school uh, drinking a couple 40s and saying like I'm gonna move to LA I'm gonna live in like a studio apartment probably with like a homie or two mm -hmm. I'm gonna work at the skate shop and if I get lucky I'm going to get a job filming skateboarders because at that it. point I knew I wasn't good enough to go pro but I started to love like filming and taking photos so I it was literally like if that happened every dream of mine in the world had come true Right. You're good. And then it just sort of went into this whole another weird world that I live in now. Yeah. But like at the time, it was just like, this is all I need. That was it. I, I'm going to sell skateboards. I'm going to film people every now and then. I'm going to drink a bunch of beer. And you're good. Damn drink it, life was so simple. And try to be on like the West Coast version of kids. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I wanted. That was it. You're look set. at us now, man. Look God, at our, now happened, look at our to-do list. Jeez. Um, no, but uh, so I guess, you know, and correct me if I'm skipping anything, but sort of like when did that dream start to fizzle out or die or wasn't your friends weren't you really good friends with like the whole like a the whole group of people so who went it, pro crew and, was deep yeah. right so in like 94 um a big game changer was one of my neighborhood friends that i skated with we were like okay but what shifted it was when one of my friends uh found out about chafee and so uh -huh. we would take the bus to chafee yep. so it's like 96 now and my little brother, I just realized, I think that I had a little brother. He was born in 93, uh -huh. but I couldn't do anything with him till he was like three years old. Mm -hmm. So as soon as he was three, I was like, oh shit, I have a little brother. Yeah. My mom would let me take my little brother, who's three years old, on the bus 20 miles away to Chafee. Tell the listener what Chafee is. Chafee was like, man, Chafee was our embarcadero. So if you yep. don't skate, there's these places in the world where like new york has brooklyn banks mm -hmm. right santa monica had uh the courthouse mm -hmm. um the inland empire we had that one main spot and that yep. was chafee high school and so we get to chafee and that's where i met jp jd that's where i met joy brzezinski of course the mayor of chafee uh -huh. was richard Mulder. yeah you know ryan miller 
And all of a sudden, I'm surrounded by these legendary people. I mean, everybody came through yeah. from Gino to Jeremy Ray to Keenan yeah. and to Costin. And now, now it's on. Now it's really Now on. it's on. And like the whole only thing I needed to do every day was go to school or not go to school, get to Chafee. As long as I had a dollar seven in my pocket, yeah. it was all good. Because after Chafee, then we go to Green Burrito and you get a 99 cent bean and cheese burrito yep. you know you get a water cup and actually put soda in it and you're good and that was it and how did you get to and from for a friend homie had a car or no no the bus yep. yeah i would take the bus everywhere and at this point like are you financially your your mom doesn't have a bunch of money right you're just sort of getting by right yes i think that's where um a lot of the hustle came in mm -hmm. like in eighth grade, I remember um, I moved into a house. So, like, we lived in all kinds of random places. You know, we lived in a foreclosed home for a little while in a yep. city called La Puente. We upgraded our living situation to Chino. My yep. dad was in prison in Chino, so that made sense. Yep. Let's be closer to at least his prison. And then um, we upgraded to a family's home in Glendora. Uh -huh. And it was only a four-bedroom home in my my cousins, the Fernandez family, there were five girls. Uh -huh. So it's like me, my mom, my brother, and my sister, we move into this four-bedroom home. And so there's like 12 of us or something. Yeah. Um, so it was in that environment in eighth grade that I would like sell sell all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Sell anything I could get my hands on, like T-shirts, stickers. Yeah, it's yeah. interesting, man. It's just interesting, like sort of when you go back in people's stories, like where that came from where that spirit came from or where that you know and everyone treats things differently like sometimes if you're shown financial comfort at a young age and then it's taken away from you at a young age you get bitter and right. you never sort of you never recover from that yeah. some people learn from that some people whatever it's yeah. just interesting like how each person sort of deals with yeah. their circumstances so then you're taking the bus to chafee every single day life is all about skateboarding this is in high school this is 96, so I'm 14 years old. Got it. Right? I don't know what grade that is. Ninth grade? Yep. But that's the dopest time. I mean, like, Richard Mulder took me to the premiere of Mouse. Oh, wow. You know what I that's mean? That's huge. Like, JP took me to a release party for Illmatic. Yep. And it was all ages. Oh, man. But I was so small, I, I didn't get in. Like, it was an all ages party for Nas was there. Illmatic. Like, not you, not Illmatic. Guy. Stillmatic. Yep. I'm sorry. It was written. Yep. Nas, it was yep. written, came yep. out. Yep. Um, and they didn't let you in just because you were small. I was too small. And I remember I had this, like, Ralph Lauren sweater on. Uh -huh. And I was like, dude, this is Ralph. Like, And they're like, dude, we don't care. Like, 12 years old. <laughs> but, dude, yeah. this is Ralph. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun. I, like, I was a little gearhead for sure. You were just um, into... Yeah, because of, because of the music, you know. Yep. Tr you listen to Tribe, you listen to Nas, you listen to Woo, you're a gearhead. Yeah. And so I would boost and jack a yeah, lot yeah, yeah. Yeah. of gear from where uh man i guess i could say this because i already got that's your limitations is up okay cool um marshall's and ross really that was my spot what was your what was your strategy <laughs> giving away it's okay we can teach here. people how to we can teach people how to sell houses and also how to steal shirts you choose your path kids so dude it i had it down mm -hmm. and this it, i became addicted to it like mm -hmm. i became a little klepto but yeah. it was all quality stuff yeah you know what I mean? And so, like, if it were shoes, it was simple. You go in there, you leave your old half caps, and you find some Tims and pull the thing off, yep. put your new kicks on, and you're out. Yep. I had a, man, I had a, 
iPod stealing racket, and I've talked about this on a previous podcast, but like, oh, you're stealing iPods? You're like part a, of, an adult. Hundred percent. That's part of how I paid for my um, LA trip. And what's funny is my dad called me the other day because he listens to the podcast now, and he's like, "Really wish you would have told us about the podcast <laughs> about the iPod thing." I'm like, "Sorry, Dad, you gotta do what you gotta yeah, do." But I, funny. it was literally where like you would take the. I figured out you could take the iPod shuffles and you could flip the see-through thing, you know, because you could see the yeah. thing in the box, and you could okay. flip it. And you go into Best Buy and say, oh, I'm here for a repair. Oh, wow. And they put the sticker on your box that said it's a repair. Then you go switch it with a new iPod Shuffle and put the same sticker back on wow, the new box. Good. And you're like, oh, they fixed it. And they're like, okay, cool. That's not bad. Yeah, and I ran that thing into nice. the ground. Never got caught. Nice. Kids. I had a little uh, Disneyland wisely. hustle as well. What'd like you do? Around that period, I had a Disneyland pass uh-huh. that I bought for, you know, 300 bucks. And so I would go up to kids in line and um you know basically be like so you're about to pay 60 bucks to get in here dude i could get you in for 20 bucks uh-huh. and so you have to have a ticket stub and so i would go in get my hand stamp have a ticket stub come out give them the ticket stub rub my stamp on their hand take the 20 boom and just like run that fuck that's good yeah it was good damn it you were a hustler <laughs> That's cool, man. Okay, so you're skating. I like skating. this. I like this life picture I'm starting to get of you taking the bus every day, eating green burritos. Oh, I moved out. I think that's probably important to, Where'd you to go? know. I moved into, my mom let me move into my friend's house. At what I, age? 13. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I ask her all the time. I'm like, so did you, what the? Like, like why, mom? And she's like, I didn't even notice. She's like, I didn't know. I'm like, what do you mean you didn't know? <laughs> like, mom, a kid was gone. I but honestly, I think like they just had a lot of, I, they had a lot of, she had a lot of trust yeah. in in me that I was going to be all right. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so she just wasn't worried about it. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. If I was a single mom and I had three kids, yeah, I'd be like, hey, it's fine. Just Do take a thing. few days. Yeah, she I feel like that about, about my dog it. right now. It's like, yeah. literally, if you want to just go away for a week or whatever, like I won't ask, you yeah. know, just check in. Yeah, she wasn't worried about it. Um, and I was passionate about skateboarding and like she knew I was really passionate about this thing. Yeah. Around that same era, my uncle Rick, uh, started cream. I don't know if you remember cream sports, but that was super dope. And so he would lace me up with a lot of stuff and uh, a lot of trips to SF, just the fresh era, that whole, yeah, it seems fun. Oh dude, it was everything. Yeah. Um, so then what going into high school, did you always like relatively stay out of trouble? No, man. I mean, I got arrested for the first time uh, in like junior high, seventh, eighth grade. I for got what? arrested for, for hustling. I had some mm-hmm. some uh, plants on me that I shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. And then, so you were doing a little bit of everything. Yeah. 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 But was that the only major arrest or major? That and I guess the other. Man, you're just going to get me in so much trouble. Oh, yeah. Dude. No, we're going deep here. Shit. We want the whole story because when we take we, this is what happens when we take you up to the to the bright <laughs> side it's gonna be like damn he went through all that oh shit. man uh, so so there was there was getting arrested in school I got arrested on the last day of seventh grade for what? um for selling weed mm-hmm. yeah I had an organized system though I had a girlfriend who uh, was an ASB so she gave me a separate locker and so what's ASB ASB is like the school board or whatever. Oh. And so she hooked me up with the second locker. So I had an organized Damn, system a of plug, like, dude, in the government. nickels on the top, dimes on the bottom of just like the CD. So you were in school ever. like, yo, meet me at yeah, Locker no, was, 23. Dude, it, was, I'm gonna... it was a good hustle. Fuck. Yeah. Um, damn, so you've always been like kind of organized and like I know what I'm doing here. Um, so then you got in trouble for that too. Okay, so you were getting in trouble. You're still skateboarding I was getting in through trouble, this whole but thing? skating, you know, um, and doing my thing. 
got arrested for stealing once that sucked mm-hmm. got in a lot of trouble um on a on a skate trip and we just we caused like eight thousand dollars damage mm-hmm. to this hotel room mm-hmm. it was a pretty bad kid dude once like 13 <laughs> 14 hit yeah. it was like skate trouble um you know it was just that yeah. era of doing whatever i wanted yeah and you're still at that point you're still shooting with the goal of being a pro skateboarder definitely yeah yeah definitely and then what you dropped out of high school I dropped out of high school, yeah, like a couple years before that. Um, my dad was in prison again, and he gets out, and this time he had to go to Ohio. Mm-hmm. And so for safety reasons, um, I was told I have to go to Ohio for a summer. And this is like 97, mm-hmm. and this is right after I'm living in Glendora. Um, backtrack a bit. At, at that time in eighth grade as well, uh, I met my cousin's best friend and her name was Alana Uh and um, she was like super super cute girl Mm -hmm. and she didn't like me at all because um, she thought I was a troublemaker yeah because you were selling fucking weed out of the yeah whatever dude (laughs) and wearing stolen Timberlands anyway (laughs) and so yeah it was cool though but I didn't see her for 10 years after that which is she you know she's my wife now you're so good at like, because I saw that on your social media too. Where was that for? What was that for? That was um, because that? I was told in a therapy session that I'm not creative. Damn, recently? Uh, three months before I made the coolest video of all time. And I went back to the moment we were, we met. I, I went back to that high school in eighth grade and I went back to the moment that I met Alana and how I experienced that moment. And made a video. And made a video of with, it. With your kids, like fake my fighting? Kid, my kids, because there's a second scene. So I met Alana in 95 yep. era. And then... Oh, that's the follow-up. And then the follow-up was that fight scene on the video. You guys got to go back and watch it. Yeah, yeah but tell them your Instagram now. We'll tell them again at the end. My Instagram is uh, Kevion. That's it. That's it. K-E-V-I-O-N. You wonder why? Because there's no other Kevion. No, there God is actually. Damn it. You need, to, you need to take that. <laughs> anyway, so what you did was you made a video recreating. I, why do I feel like that? Was, it wasn't for like your birthday or like for It was an anniversary. It was a anniversary. 13, 13 year anniversary. Yep. Yeah. So you made a video of how you met and then how you re-met. So, exactly. So what happened is your cousin's friend and you guys met like where? At school or something? We met at school at eight, in eighth grade in Glendora. And how did you not? Oh, you didn't see each other for 10 years because mm-hmm. you left? I'm all over the place. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I went to 17 schools by the time I was in 11th grade. Jesus Christ. Yeah. And so, did you, like, did she like, uh, I don't know if I should ask with you here because of course he's going to say yes. But like, did you always, was it something you always thought about? Like that here's girl? Here's the weird thing. Uh-huh. Here's the weird thing. Don't so lie. in eighth grade, in eighth grade, I got everybody to vote for her. So my way of hitting on her, uh-huh. I went to everybody and I'm like, hey, um, you know, we got to vote for stuff, best dress, best this. I was like, vote for Alana for best smile. Uh-huh. And everybody, did. and I didn't even know anybody. And I'm you the say new he's kid. not creative? I'm the new kid at the school and I'm going up to these strangers saying, hey, who are you voting for for yeah. best smile? And they're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, well, vote for Alana. And then she got it. Damn. And then I disappeared. You know what I mean? I literally disappeared. It's like a movie. Yeah. Or... You were too busy selling drugs. <laughs> no, but okay. what's interesting is I saw a photo um, when I'm like five years after that, right? When, around the time I was 19. And in the background of the photo was Alana's photo that she gave me in eighth grade. Kind of creepy, I guess. Yeah. But mm-hmm. anyways, I kept that photo that whole time. 
Well, I think you're creative. Thanks, I, I don't dude. know if it's worth anything, but that's what yeah. I think. Okay, so, so keep going. So you go to Ohio. When, sorry, 97 when did you... hits, yeah. and I go right after you know meeting Alana and all that. And uh, I'm told I got to go to Ohio. And this is like peak of that fresh era, that that skating, Lockwood, Chafee, yeah. my friends coming up, all this stuff. And I have to move to a 30-acre farm in Cincinnati, Ohio. It's like torture. And I'm told I'm going to be there for a summer. And I'm end up being there for over a year. Jesus. Yeah, it was crazy. Did you skate in Ohio? Skated in Ohio. Cincinnati's um, like, if, if there's probably like the best place to be a skateboarder in Ohio, it's probably Cincinnati. Dude, I met a crew pretty quick. It yeah. was kind of rad. My dad, I think, was bummed that uh, he knew I was bummed. Like, there was this 10-foot patch of cement on this farm. Yeah. And so I'd literally, like, go try to do a kickflip, turn around. And it was it's terrible. Yeah. So he found out where all the dudes were that skated and took me there. And they were, you know, they were like, damn, this, who is this little kid? Yeah. And so I met, I got a crew over there pretty quickly. It was fun. Yeah. yeah. So did you do a year of high school in? I did. I, st I think I started high school in Cincinnati, which Got was it. a major culture shock. Because at the school that I went to, it was called Turpin in a pocket called Anderson Township. Mm -hmm. It was like really wealthy white or really um, poor white yep. or and some few black kids. Yep. And then me. And they didn't know if I was Mexican or Indian. Yeah, and like true, yeah. kids were talking crap. I'd never really experienced racism. Yeah. But there was a crew there that um, was talking a lot of shit. And I remember it took like two weeks and coming home bummed every single day. Yeah. And my dad just saying, all right, dude, do what you need to do uh -huh. to take care of it. But please do your best to not get into trouble because you just got kicked out. Yeah. Right. And um, I got in my first major fight, and it was tight. After that, they were like, yeah, it was on. It was sick. Your dad's fucking dope. Yeah, he was dope. That's such cool, like, advice. Like, you know what? Go do what you need to do. Yeah, it was don't sick. Don't get caught. Yeah. You know? I'd never punch So what did you do? You just walk in, like, the first guy that so said something So it was this kid. I was, like, him? in... <laughs> <laughs> I was... <laughs> dude, it was so crazy. I was in ninth grade, and he was in 10th grade, and he would just mess with me. He'd be like, you're dirty. You're this. You know, I'm, like, rocking the dopest Nautica jacket you could find yeah. at that time. You're yeah. dirty. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> and just say whack jokes. And basically, I just remember going up to him, and he says something... And then I go, why are you, you know, why are you always talking shit, dude? Yeah. And he turns around and he's like, why don't you go back to where you came from, culture? Because I had this shirt on for this company in, in Cincinnati called mm -hmm. Culture. And I just remember looking to the right like I was going to walk away and boom, just socking this kid so hard in the face. It felt <laughs> so good. And we're just brawling. I'm kneeing him. Like I destroy this kid and he's a lot bigger than me. After that, it was like on at that school. Yeah, it was it was tight. <laughs> oh man, it's, this is like a movie. Um, so okay, what, what were you gonna say? The craziest part is how I got home. Yes, that's that was gonna be my next question. So, my dad's obviously there, and it's kind of a he had to change his last name. There's a lot of stuff going on. So, if you can tell me, like, is your dad there as part of some sort of like, like let's get you away? Yeah. From it was a bit of that. Got it. So you don't really know, you know all that? Or you're just like, I don't know, I'm going with my dad. I know I know a fair amount of details at that point. Uh, and I know my dad's trying to, to, to 
trying to get on the, a new path, yep. right? And and so like me being there, my sister Marina being there, my brother being there, like he really wanted to um, get on a new path. Yep. And so, you know, we're on this farm. He's trying to start something new. He's working at some random place. And he was dating this girl. And I remember um, we were up at like three in the morning. Mm-hmm. And he got in some fight with her. And I remember him getting a page. Like he had a pager, right? And looking down at this this call and just saying, something's weird about this. And me and my dad are just having one of these nights and it's literally like 3.30 in the morning. He calls the number back, and it's this girl that he got into a fight with. Uh-huh. And she's like, you know, I'm sorry. Can you come meet me and pick me up? I'm at this gas station in Kentucky. Uh-huh. And he's like, okay. And so my dad and I get in the car. Like, I remember my whole outfit, dude. I'm wearing some, like, black uh, ES Excels, yep. some some cargos from Old Navy, and a, and a cream sweater. Uh-huh. And it's like 4 in the morning, my dad and I drive across the... Um, the Ohio, the Ohio River into Kentucky, sun starting to come up. We pull into this gas station, and it's empty. And like ten minutes later, we just get swarmed by cops, right? Like left, right, in front of us, everywhere. Get your hands up! Get out of the car! Get out of the car! Mm-hmm. And uh, my dad just looks at me and he goes, "This is fucked." He's just slowly reach into my pocket. There's some money. Do whatever you need to do to get home. Uh-huh. So I reach into his pocket. I get some money out. They take him. They put me in a cop car, and I had my board, uh, my Game Boy, and the five hundred bucks in my pocket. And they take me to the police station, and <laughs> I'm sitting in the lobby. And I already know what I'm gonna do. Like the second I can, I'm out. Uh-huh. The second somebody looks away, I just dip out of that police station. I think I'm in Kentucky. I don't know somewhere. Yeah. And I just skating as fast as I can. And I make it to a Greyhound. I call my mom. And she's like, I'm sending, you know, uh, take a flight home. I'm like, I got 500 bucks in my pocket. I'm taking a Greyhound home. Yeah. It's 80 bucks. I'm keeping the rest of this yeah, money. Yeah, like, mom, I'm rich she's now. Like, no, you're- <laughs> we don't, we don't really need to talk anymore. <laughs> and so I took the bus home. I was 13, 14. I took a bus home by myself from Cincinnati, Ohio. And that's how I got home from Ohio. Yeah, well, that's crazy. Jesus fucking Christ. Um... <laughs> Fuck. All right. Episode's over. Um, damn. Okay. So you get back home and you're like, yo, mom, sorry. Shit got a little crazy there in Ohio. Yeah. Let's start 10th grade. Let's do this to start 10th grade. Basically. Yeah. What was, here's what was cool. When we left, it was like my mom was still struggling trying to figure things out. And I know that was really hard for my mom to send her three kids to Ohio. Mm -hmm. But when we came back, my mom had her own place in Orange County. Mm-hmm. She had gotten her dream car, yep. which was, you know, she got a range discovery. I, I didn't even recognize anything. Yeah. And she started working at this real estate training company, basically like a Tony Robbins for realtors. Got it. Because when you get into real estate, you don't learn anything. It's like, here's your license, here's your desk. Here's your phone. Go figure out how to make money. Yeah. So life coaching and stuff like that is very big in the real estate world. Yeah. And my mom, when we when we left, she luckily got a job at this place, uh, this real estate training company. Mm-hmm. So we moved back ninety eight. My mom's got her own place and dope car, and she's like dating some dude. Um, so life's good. 
Life was all right. And it would suck though, because all my friends were far. All my friends were in the IE. Yep. And so that I didn't know anybody in Orange County. So what happens like, Jesus Christ. So then would you go back to like your skateboarding and you're kind of like sort of trying to rebuild what you used to do or definitely like... trying to rebuild what I used to do. And it was just far. Like yeah. back then when you're 17 years old, 45 miles is a long ways oh, to drive. Yeah. Um, but that year that I spent in Ohio, I also got my first set of turntables uh. um, and I had a record collection like pretty deep. Um, and so that kind of DJing kind of became my new, um, passion. Yeah. yeah that's interesting. You know what I mean? I wanted to be like a track or yeah. craze, yeah. you know, like I would watch those DJ battles religious. Did you ever pursue that at all really? Or not? Um, really? I was never really in like a DMC battle or anything like that, but I was definitely getting paid yeah. to DJ. You know, I think the biggest thing I ever DJed in front of was like 5,000 people, like that's a red a man, ton method of man thing. <laughs> You know? I don't know. Like there was this one time when I kind of <laughs> did this like little thing. You know, it was uh, I don't know if you ever heard of Red Man or Method Man, but like it was sort of this uh, arena. You know, but whatever. Uh, no, I'm mean, like yeah, I was getting hooked up with gear from like Circa for DJ, and it was crazy because I just listened to the um, podcast with Creative Rec, and before yeah. Creative Rec, it was Force, and yep. Force was sending me shoes, and it was all for DJing, and it was like wow, this is tight. Yeah. So did that take you sort of, did that sort of water down your skateboarding dreams a little bit? It did. Yeah, it did. And it just wasn't the same when I got back. Yep. But my really good friend at that time, JP Jadid, like he would drive out from the IE and stay with me. We'd go on like late night skate sessions. Yeah. But it was more about going to shows. Like yep. really, it was like, let's go to a show. Let's go to, you know, catch like whoever. Yeah. You know, yeah. JP would take me to a lot of different concerts i was tight and then you dropped out of high school yeah what grade i dropped out in 11th grade right so basically in 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 one 90 day period i remember multiple things happened mm -hmm. um one was one of our friends that uh i skated with uh he od'd mm -hmm. and died um two I found out that uh, I was going to be a father, uh -huh. which wasn't really my plan in my junior year of high school. Yep, not and, usually, usually isn't. Yeah, and then um, three was I just made the decision to drop out. Like I was hustling and working all these little jobs, like sales jobs, telemarketing jobs. I would go to where my mom worked yep. and get on the phones yep. and make a sale, and she'd make a hundred bucks from it, and she'd give me like ten bucks. Yeah, and so. I was looking at all these different hustles that I was doing, and when I got that news, um, it's the scariest thing in the world. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, I'm 30 years thing. old and relatively successful. If I got that news tomorrow, I'd be like, <laughs> fuck, it's all over. Yeah. <laughs> um, so did you drop out like sort of with the mentality of like, I can't worry about school. I have real shit to worry about now. Or yeah, like, what was your exactly. it was of... like it, it, school was doing absolutely nothing for me at that point in my life. Yep. I had been to 17 different schools. I was mm -hmm. just hanging out. Yep. You know, like it just there was no value was there and I needed going. to make money. I think my junior year of high school, I still made like probably 40 grand with hustles. Yeah. So it was like, what am I doing? Yeah, you're just a hustler. And then so obviously no college. So when did, was real estate the first thing that you started to take seriously or? 
like of all the hustles when you're like, oh, this is something I could actually maybe have a career in. Is that how it worked or not really? No. So basically what happened was I remember and before I get into to, to where real estate came in, yeah. I was basically calling myself a life coach. Right. There was there was one. I love that you're sorry. Yeah. I just love that you're like a 17 year old high school dropout with a baby on the way. Life coach. For sure. And you're like, trust me, listen to me. No, I, no, I, I might have made some mistakes, but <laughs> I can tell you how not. to do. Yeah. And, and the very first person who I ever call myself a life coach to. I have to tell you. So basically it was one night we were I was at the El Rey Theater. It mm -hmm. was like a visionary show. I'm with JP. I'm with Ryan. And these two dudes were like kind of staring at us, Asian dude and this this white dude. And I'm outside the El Rey with JP, and I'm like, what are these dudes staring at? Mm -hmm. And the white kid comes up, and he goes, hey, are you JP Jadid? And he's like, yeah, what's up? And he's like, yeah, my name's Scotty. I'm with LRG. We want to give you some clothes. Uh -huh. And I, this was maybe like 90, late 98, 99. Uh -huh. And I remember seeing a mixtape from LRG, a tape. Like an actual tape, like a kids. Cassette tape, yep. like cassette tape. Yep. And thinking and not knowing what LRG was. And I was just like, it had like a mic man on it, it had this slogan on it. And I was like, damn, this is dope. Mm -hmm. Whatever these guys do. Mm -hmm. And JP was about to get on Maddox. Long story short, um, the following Monday, we go to the LRG headquarters, uh -huh. right? And dude, it's 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 half the size of this office. Uh -huh. And how it, old was LRG at that time? Like Brand, brand new. Less than a year. Yeah. And um, I, JP told them, he's like, oh, you should, you know, you should hook up my boy Kev too. He's a dope DJ. And yep. they're like, all right, we'll bring, bring, have him come through too. And so we're at LRG and we're just talking and chilling. And um, I remember we walk out and I had this dope little Audi, you know, he's 17 years old. I have a Audi. It's all fixed up, A4. And I remember Jonas being like, damn, you got that from DJing? And uh, I was like, no, I'm a life coach. Fuck, that's cool. Yeah. Damn it. I need to start using that. <laughs> you know, like, yo, you, what do you do, man? Like, oh, I'm a life coach. Which was crazy. Like, fast forward years more, he would always introduce people to me as his best friend, which is kind of weird when you're 30 years old introducing to somebody as your best friend. Yeah. Or he would introduce me to people as his life coach. Like, he introduced me to Kanye as his life coach. And I remember Kanye, like looking at me like it was it was weird also okay okay well let me just say this for the rest of my life whenever i refer to you i'm going to refer to you as my life coach Dope. whether we're together Hell or yeah. whether Thanks, probably man. tomorrow on my instagram caption i'm gonna be like yo new podcast is up with my life coach Kevin. please um, do um that's incredible so did he not even that's when you first met jonas that was when I first met Jonas. Like that is such a life changing because for the next ten years, ninety nine to two thousand ten, my life was LRG. Yep. Like people didn't know if I worked at LRG, if I was a real estate dude, yep. or if I was a life coach. Yep. But what I put out there the most in that ten years was LRG, and I never once got a paycheck from LRG. And what it was just anything, right? It was just like. You're just in the mix, and like if it means you're doing a marketing thing or you're connecting people, or you're like whatever it is, you're yeah. just part of it. Part of it. And what was cool is that he made me part of it, though. So like we met that time at, at I tell him there at the LRG headquarters, size your office, right? Like yo, I'm a life coach, and he's yeah. like, damn, what's that all about? I'd never told that to another human being. Yeah, so you're like, I don't really know yet, but uh, I'm, what's but I. <laughs> I remember telling him, I'm like, 
you know, basically I help people get from where they're at to where they want to go. And he's like, damn, that's tight. I need that. And he's like, why don't you, you should come through my house sometime. I'm like, yeah, yeah, for sure. And so it gives me his number. And I remember the funniest thing is, was interesting is he lived two blocks. He was renting a room from this dude that had a skate shop in Costa Mesa. Mm -hmm. He had no car. He was renting a room from this cat. And he lived two blocks from where I lived at with my mom, mm -hmm. which was tight because I hardly had any friends. Yeah, It was just random though because he's like, I go there, I get to his house, and he's the garage is open. He's like, do you lift, do you lift weights? And I was like, nah, I don't, I don't really lift weights. He's like, we should lift some weights. I'm like, Did right. he lift weights at the time, or I, he was just kinda. aspiring to? <laughs> You're supposed to be the life coach, right? Yeah, so like, hell yeah, yeah. we like, should oh, lift yeah, some yeah, weights. Let's lift some weights. Yeah, that's number one on my thing. That was Dude. part of my plan. And so we're chilling. <laughs> we do that, and then we go inside, and he's like showing me all this stuff, like really kind of putting me up on game. He's like, have you seen these kicks? And he's showing me like these Air Maxes I had never seen. Yeah. And he's like, you ever heard of this group? And it was a Thievery Corporation CD. I'd never listened to anything besides hip-hop. Yeah. I was like, wow, that's tight. No, nah, man. He's like, take this, take this. Just giving me stuff. And we just kind of vibed out and talked about the life coaching thing. And he's like, look, dude, like I can't pay you for this, but I'll give you whatever gear you want if you just help me with your goals. Yeah. Like help me set my goals. Yeah. You know, I've never set any goals before. And so I was like, yeah, dude, I got you. Like I love the gear that you guys make. I'm down. Yeah. He's like, all right, tight. But Fuck the very cool. last thing he did before... I left the house was what really kind of embodies who he was. <laughs> and so, mind you, like, I'm literally like, allergies, like, allergies what do you do? nothing at this time. Uh -huh. And, you know, he's not like, he was lifting weights, obviously trying to get in shape. He wasn't like in shape or anything. And I'm walking out the door and he's like, yo, take a couple of these. And he gives me a couple headshots of himself. Where he got these headshots, I have no idea. He gives me a couple headshots, and with the straightest look on his face, he goes, give these to any birds you know. And I start busting up laughing, and he has the straightest look on his face. And that was it. It was the most incredible thing I've ever seen. And I'm like, this dude is out of, my, out of his mind. This dude is out of his mind. Damn, I need to write this stuff down. Yeah. I, this, I literally just created five new things that I do yeah, now. It was because sick, of, dude. And from and from, literally that was and you left like I all left. Right, man. And I'm like, holy shit. Did you this... ever hand one out? Nah, I wish I still had some. Uh, Maybe I don't know. We did. We we had some. And was he always like? I didn't know him at all. But was he always like that? Like, did he always have like? Dude, from getting to know, hi, hi, becoming part of his family. You know, he has. Uh, his whole family is adopted, uh -huh. like except he has one brother that's blood. I believe seven adopted brothers and from sisters, all different places? all different parts of the world. Jesus Christ! Um, you know, black, Vietnamese, Filipino, and it's there. It's seriously like the most beautiful family, like yeah. a real life rainbow. Yeah. Um, and they didn't grow up with much. You know, his parents like were teachers, and it, it wasn't easy, but. Um, Everybody that I that that knew him before, like I was, I text so many people last night. Yo, what's your favorite uh, Jonas story? Yeah. And one of his friends, Matt Sheridan, texted me back. He's like, dude, when he went to prom with this girl, and all he wore was a bow tie. Like he wore a bow tie to prom, and that was it. 
But like, well, he wore pants. Okay. You know what I mean? <laughs> but like, what what kind of pants? What do you mean? He just wore pants and a bow tie, and that was it. Like, he knew, dude. No like, shirt. No shirt, just a bow tie. Yeah, he was. And they sick. let him, like, they let him. They let him do his thing. Yeah, they let him do his thing. Like, holy fuck. Confidence, creativity, the funniest cat, like, hilarious. The wit, like, he could destroy you, make you feel so low and so inspired at the exact same time. Yeah, it was yeah. incredible. Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah. Um. So I guess. What did you? Because we're gonna come back to sort of your your own personal journey, but like as you started on that yeah. path, were you actually doing sort of uh, going through routines and stuff with him? Yeah, tr- actually acting as a life coach. So every week, it was usually on Wednesdays. Um, they would come to my house, and I would teach them. It wasn't like BS. I didn't call myself a life coach for no reason. I was. I think I did the fire walk with Tony Robbins for the first time when I was seventeen, and I oh, was really? quick to get it. So he's been Jesus Christ. He's been fire walking for that long, dude. Way before that, even. And you, yeah. fuck. I think he's. I think his first steps on Earth were actually out of on yeah, fire. out of the womb onto yeah. fire. Yeah. Okay, so I have so many questions, but I'm gonna try to like condense them and actually tell a good story here. Um. So did you first get sort of put on to life coaching because of your mom's situation? So my dad sent me Tony Robbins' book from prison when I was 13, right? And then also he would introduce me to these things called visual um, – I have some visual imagery, something. Like when I was skating in Castle, yeah. I would draw out – I would go to the, the, the venue and yeah. draw out the, the, you know, the boxes here, the pyramids here, the, the bank is here, and I would draw out the course – and then write my lines, and then sit there and visualize like what uh, tricks I would. Like yeah. So I got that stuff from my dad. Got it. Um, but then my mom um, got really into it when when we were gone, in in moved to Ohio. She got really into all the personal development stuff. And then you came back, and she had all this shit. Yeah, and I just rebelled instead of like catching on to it. Yeah, that's um, fucking interesting. Because I still, I still, I'm a big fan of like self help books and some of Tony Robbins stuff and whatever. But like, I still have this piece of me that's like, ah, oh, it's all bullshit. You know what I'm sure. saying? Like, yeah. I still battle in my head of like, no, it actually does work, or no, it's a bunch of horse shit. And I mean, I'm I'm leaning more towards the it works, and like I'm big on it. But I'm just saying like, anytime I hear a story of sort of I went away. My mom got really into it. And when I came back, she actually had the shit she was hoping for. Yeah. It's kind of like, well, shit. I mean, I can't really it poke works. a hole in that. All I know is that whatever you think about, whatever you focus on, whatever you tell yourself over and over and over and over, good or bad, is going to come true. Yeah. Period. End of story. But what type of... And we're skipping fucking light years mm-hmm. ahead right now, and we'll go back. But is like... What's your number one thing that you tell yourself? Because what I don't like is watching like The Secret mm-hmm. when it's like, oh, I had my dream house on a dream board. Sure. And sure enough, one day I woke up and I was living in that house. Yeah. Like, shut up. Yeah. But like, yeah. what do you like? What sort of like, what do you what's the main thing? Is it like sort of you're capable, you're smart enough, you're or is it? You I think I mean? the main thing is knowing what your gift is, mm-hmm. right? Because it's not hard work. The dudes who built this amazing building, the people who are building the roads, yeah. people who b- are building the houses, the people who build the created these mics, people who are making your clothes, 
they're working really, really, really hard. Yeah. Are they living out their dreams? Probably not. Yeah. They're just working hard. So what we know to be true is that hard work is not the answer. But I do believe that knowing what your gift is, and there's a difference between your gift and your passion, right? Huge. I can be passionate about basketball. It's not in my cards. Huge. So you, you, I think you've got to know what your gift is and know that your gift is whatever you do the best with the least amount of effort. And yep. if you can tap into that thing and invest those 10,000 hours, yep. then guess what? You're going to get the house. You're going to get the car. You're going to get the fulfillment. Yeah. Not just by putting it on a piece of paper and looking at it every day. You've yeah. got to know what's your gift. What's that thing that you're going to do better than anybody else? I want to write a book called Abandon Your Dreams. And it's about... Um, like how parents, like I'm a firm believer that parents should sort of monitor their, their children mm. and sort of like if your kid's a shitty singer, like stop telling them That's that they great. can be a singer because you're going to fuck their life <laughs> up, right? Because they're going to realize at 24, they're a shitty <laughs> singer and now yeah. they have zero other goals or passions. Either way, that's good because maybe they're going to, maybe they need that thing to push them over to the top to actually become a good singer so that they could say well mom True told too. me i wasn't so either way it's a great book True, also because what gets me is like like we said when i and i think about this for myself too but it applies to you like when we're both 16 years old and all we want in the world is to be professional skateboarders and whatever like i now i always say this i wouldn't trade my life with any professional skateboarder that i know i'm guessing you wouldn't either right um and i just think like you kind of get so dead set on this is the only life for me and it turns out that if you actually follow shit that you're good at and wake up every morning with a purpose and something to grow and learn you find yourself in a way happier more fulfilled life than you ever actually thought you even deserved yeah right like i thought that at best i deserved to live in a studio apartment in la and work at a skate shop right. i thought like i barely deserved that yeah. and looking at my life now it's like i never would have even thought to ask for this it's amazing you know whatever That's but amazing anyway so let's go back and then we'll get more on that stuff is so you're actually doing you had already got into the life coaching stuff, yeah. gone to the Tony Robbins stuff, and you were really into that. So then when you started working with Jonas, you were actually doing things, setting yeah, goals Yeah, so like my business and... card for LRG said team coach. And so every Wednesday, so I ended up getting the job where my mom worked at also because, you know, I, was, I had a kid, yeah. right? My son was born in 2000. Yeah. And so I'm 18 years old and I'm like, mom, like you're giving me 10 bucks. You're making a hundred bucks. Some yeah. of the sales that I've made for you, you're making five hundred bucks. So I just kind of went past her a little bit and That's went amazing. straight to the sales manager. And I was like, "Look, dude, um, I'm about to have a kid, and I already know these scripts. You see me showing up here after school, making sales for my mom. I need a job." Yep. And he's like, "Well, what about school?" I was like, "I'm done." He's like, "You're done? Oh, why didn't you tell me that?" I was like, "Yeah, I'm done, dude." Yeah, I finished. It was great. So um, I start working there in uh, 99, 2000, and at the same time after uh, work, usually at least once or twice a week, Jonas would come through with the whole crew. I had a whole, um, I mean, I'm 18 years old. I had a whole whiteboard in my room at the time. I still lived at home with my mom, obviously. Uh -huh. And um, I would write out different ways to uh, believe in yourself, how to set your set goals, how to write visions. Um, I introduced them to something called the seven equities. So like, I'll just show it to you, but if you zoom in on that, it's pretty crazy. So those are Jonas's goals that, I've never put those like publicly anywhere I don't want to, but I'll show you. So those are his goals that I got him and I have the same ones from Scotty and uh, Mikey, a lot of the original crew on um, the seven equities. So we would write out goals 
five to 10 years out and I would get them to be specific about what they wanted um, out of the seven equities, which is mind, body, soul, family, friends, business, and money. Jesus Christ. So, And it's crazy looking back at that because those goals, he destroyed those goals. Like he murdered those goals, but they were so big at that time, I remember. Man, that's cool. That's that's fucking cool. cool. Um, and you just came up with all this shit. No, I learned. Of... I learned it. You know, I didn't come up with any of it. I learned it through. But I mean, you came up with like we're gonna sit down. You yeah. knew what the seven things were, yeah. right? But you're like, we're gonna sit down and carve out yours, and this is what yes. we're gonna do, and blah yeah. blah blah. And you're doing this all just for fun. Just for the gear, really. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like I loved LRG, and and I, I I knew that they were going to go somewhere crazy. Like I knew it mainly because of who Jonas was. Yeah. Like I knew that they were going to be legendary. And I wanted to be a part of it by any means. And so even if he didn't give me the gear, just to be in there and, like, see it. And there was never a day when you're like, hey, bro, I noticed uh, you did $50 million in sales this year. Just wondering. If Dude, he maybe... looked out for me so much. <laughs> yeah. And I'm pretty sure my grandma um, still has bags of LRG that she hasn't opened yet because they had a you know the women's brand for a while yeah I mean you know and he was also was my son's godfather he was one of the first people I told that I was going to have a kid and um so he was also my son my first son Eli's godfather it's crazy and dude I got to experience it all he would take me on trips and just you know I didn't have to be involved with like the nitty-gritty stuff that was going on I did my own thing in real estate and um personal development yeah so it's just crazy i feel like most people would like you know you just reach a point where you're like ah yeah i get it but like i should probably start asking for some shit you know what i mean like that's pretty incredible that relationship that whole thing is pretty amazing i just felt like that would affect our friendship you know if i got on payroll or something but that's where most people flip right when you're talking about the amount of business that lrg was doing most people Stop caring about the, stop putting the friendship first and right. put the like, well, I don't know. I mean, yeah. you know, which I, it's, it's amazing. Did you ever, was there anyone else that you ever worked with that like thoroughly or was it really just uh, Richard Mulder? Yeah. Yeah. Richard Mulder and a lot of other just young kids. Like I've always been really passionate about working with the youth yeah. on how to do this stuff. And they've just, I've gravitated to them more. And I think they've gra- gravitated to me because it's like, who am I to be doing any of this stuff? I just yeah. got lucky. I just got handed the book, you know what I mean? So um, I worked with a lot, thousands of young young kids, and, and we'll get on to something that, that occurred with a program like that in a little bit. Yeah. But that, okay. that 2000 to, to, to 04, 05, um, I left that real estate training company place around 03, and I physically started selling real estate. Yeah. Can I take it back to a really basic question? What's the test to get your real estate license? Is it simply like legalities and shit? Basically, yeah. Is it super easy? I failed that test more than anybody that I know. Because it's hard or because you didn't? Because I have horrible study habits. Most people pass it on their first Sam. When did you pass yours? Second? Second time. time. Everybody. How many did it take you? Seven, that's even, they even let you try that many times? <laughs> it should be like driving. Like, you know what, man? I don't choose anything else. So here, I got to say this too, because so 2002, 2003, that real estate company where my mom was working at, I became like the number one salesperson there. I was yeah. 19. I started making 20 grand a month. Um, and it was pretty sick. 
And honestly, going into 2003, I got a kind of a big head. Like, I got my own place. I have a CLK, right? Mm -hmm. I'm, like, doing whatever I want, and I start showing up late. And I kept getting warned that, dude, because you're the number one salesperson, you have to be early. I'm like, whatever. Yeah. And then one day, I get called in from the big boss. I didn't even know the big boss actually was ever in that zone. And they're mm-hmm. like, Kevin Sturdivant, blah, 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 wants to see you in his office. And I go into his office. I'm like, oh, shit, Kevin might be even in this place. Yeah. Like, this guy is highly influential in the real estate world. Yep. And he puts a penny on the table. And he's like, you see this table? This is my whole company. You see this penny? This is you. This is the difference that you make in this company. And he flicks it off. He's like, I want you to pack up your ish, get the F out of my office, come back in 30 days, and maybe I'll give you your job back. I was like, (laughs) dude, I had maybe... I had I was making twenty grand a month. Yeah. So I made some two hundred grand in two thousand two and I maybe had seven or eight grand in my account. Yeah. yeah. I'm spending all of it. Yeah, I never 100%. think this party's gonna end. Yeah. So now you're just screwed? I'm screwed. Or- I, I two thousand three, I am screwed. I'm try I'm like, F that guy. I'm never going back there. I should have gone back there. Yeah. I should have gone back in thirty days and asked for my job back. Yeah. But I'm base. I basically spend a year because I I was like I'm going into real estate. I'll have my test in 30 days. Fail it, shit, failed it, failed it. So each time I failed it, I I wasted 90 days. You have to wait 90 days. Back in the day, you did in 04, 13 years ago. So you took ago. it seven times with 90 days in between. Dude, each it one? took me a year. Holy fuck. That's a story in itself. My three-year oh. journey to become to pass my. It test. was unreal. It was unreal. And so I'm I'm basically getting paid under the table to make cold calls for other real estate agents for a year. Yep. Finally passed a test in 2004, and um, I had like I had developed a name in the industry, so I had multiple people like Kev, you got to work for me. Kev, you got to work for me. And I had two issues at the time. Number one, I looked really young. And that was a, a fear for me. Yep. And number two, um, I didn't have any money. Mm-hmm. I was check to check. And I knew that it was going to be at least 100 days before I was holding on to any money. Uh-huh. So my whole life, starting from 16, 17, I learned about affirmations. Uh-huh. And affirmations are when you say, like you say, oh, man, I'm sleepy. That's uh-huh. an affirmation. If you say I'm a legend, that's an affirmation. Yeah. Long story short, I created these two affirmations in 04, and one of them was, I, Kevin Sturdivant, easily and effortlessly attract the perfect pearl white 745 LI with tan interior and 22-inch HREs for absolutely free, and everything I do allows that to happen. That was one. And I created that because I knew that if I had $100,000, seven, brand new, and the body style changed, I'm good. No one's going to say nothing about my age. Yeah. That was what I thought at the time, at least. Number two... I said, I, Kevin Sturdivant, easily and effortlessly attract $25,000, and everything I do allows that to happen. I didn't care where it came from. I didn't care how it came. That was my affirmation that I started saying in the beginning every day for over 100 days. I said that. Were you asking for one payment of $25,000? Yes. I needed needed one check because my expenses were six, seven grand a month. Uh So I'm like, I'm not going to see any money. So you just had to get by. I needed, I need a hundred days so I can fully pursue this thing. 
passed the test finally April 2004 and a grip of people are calling me and this one dude I'm living in um, Beverly Hills area at the time Santa Monica and a guy in San Dimas is like Kev you gotta come work for me I was like dude I'm not going to San Dimas. Like, I've worked too hard to yeah. get out of there. <laughs> the guy not going back. And he goes, tell me what it's going to take. Tell me what it's going to take. I was like, I'm being sarcastic. I'm like, I don't know, dude. Give me 25 Gs and give me a 7 Series. Maybe I'll think about it. God damn it. Did he do it? He calls me the next day. He's like, hey, when we were talking, you mentioned something about 25 grand. Were you serious? And I'm broke at the time. And... I'm like, I don't know why. He's like, look, I can't get you a $100,000 car, but I could give you twenty five grand if you're willing to come and sign a contract with me for two years. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> what? <laughs> I was not thinking like that it was going to come that way. Yeah. And so my friend at the time was like, hey, if he's willing to give you the 25000 I bet you anything you could get the car. So I come up with this whole reason why I should also get the car how many homes I'm going to sell, the difference I'm going to make for your company because I'm now coaching people and the value of the coaching is $1,000 a month. So times 10, that's $100,000 worth of coaching. If each of those people adds one deal to their current production, we're talking 30 mil in closed volume I'm adding plus the plus 100 grand in coaching plus this, plus this, plus this. At the end of that meeting, he's like, let me think about it. Calls me the next Monday and he's like, check your fax. Uh, fax machine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the fast machines back then and it's this thing that's coming out and it says a sale bmw at the top monrovia and it says pick your options and it was white and it was a brand new 2004 with zero miles i called him he's like if you're willing to sign it to your mind you I've never sold a house at this time. I've never seen the purchase contract. I've never seen a listing agreement. Mm -hmm. All I had was this rep that I'm a great closer. Yep. I just put my, my, my marker through, through every single option on the right side. Boom. <laughs> I mean, like, massage seats, dude, champagne holders. <laughs> yeah. And then the next week, it was right after my 22nd birthday, and I get the check. Uh -huh. A $25,000 check. This is unheard of. People, you don't get sign-on bonuses in real estate. Yeah, especially when you. it just took you five months to pass your test. <laughs> yeah, I just found the footage of JP um, driving me to the BMW dealership to pick it up. So you get the check, and then it, you it's go on. pick up the car. I pick up the, I pick up the car. God damn it. So then you... Yeah, it was sick. It was... It was pretty tight. We need to work on some affirmations as soon as this is Let's over. Let's do this, dog. Um, holy cow. Okay, so at that point, do you by any chance also feel like you have some sort of magic powers? Because I feel like if I was your age and I just got Dude, all that stuff because I set it into a mirror for the last year straight. My ego was so big. I was so repelling looking back at who I was at that time. Oh, yeah. God. That's fine. That's really, you were just an asshole. Oh, huh? I was, oh, my gosh. Alana loves to remind me about who I was at that time. Were you guys together at that time? Oh, so man. here's so the you story. Had to deal with Check him this out. Asshole, Check this huh? out. This is crazy. What's up, babe? King's home. Nah, basically. Pretty <laughs> much. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, like so check that. this out. So, passed the test, middle of April. My birthday passes. I'm I turn 20, 22. Alana and I haven't I haven't seen Alana since eighth grade, mm -hmm. 
and I had a crappy 22nd birthday and I'm, I'm talking to my mom about some stuff and she goes, you know, you write out goals about your car, money, where you want to live. I had a penthouse downtown LA at the time. I'm 22 years old. Uh-huh. And she's like, how come you don't do that in your relationships? You have all these crazy relationships. Yeah. I was like, mom, that's different. That's not the same thing. She's like, no, it's not. It's not different. It's the same thing. Uh-huh. I'm like, all right. So that conversation kind of resonated in my mind. The next day I'm at this skate shop and I'm looking, I'm walking out of the skate shop and I see the cover of this magazine and it's Alana. Eighth grade Alana, who I had a huge crush on. I was like, oh shit, crazy. I grabbed the magazine and I'm looking at reading her interview and her interview is on page 23. 23 is my number. I was born on April 23. There's 23 syllables in my name. Psalms 23rd. And I was like, damn. I took that magazine home and I put Alana on my vision board. And I made that vision board on April the 28th. And then I wrote out, um, I'm stalling because I was going through this Brooke Burke and Tara Patrick phase at that time. Okay. And if you look at both of those people and morph them together, anyways. <laughs> God damn it. So, Can I just ask real quick, why was she on the cover? You were a model or something? You were. <laughs> Can we talk about that? Oh my gosh. Was it? I think I remember that. Yeah, it was like based on girls at first, and uh-huh. then it became like real, like music. Yeah. More music, more. So you just happened to do this shoot, and then you happened to. Because the universe was all conspiring for Kevion to have the That's perfect it, life. Man. That's why you did it. <laughs> um, okay, so. so. And then I write out the qualities, right? So you're telling me you literally had a vision board Dude, with a photo of Alana. I had a vision Alana board with it. a photo of Alana, and um, I wrote down four or five things. I wrote down passionate about something, okay. right? I was basically looking at all my other relationships and what wasn't working, <laughs> and so I wrote out passionate about something. I wrote out good family values, right? And I, those were like the main two. Th- oh, and yeah. trustworthy. Yeah. Those are like the main things. Passionate about something. At least you're realistic. Like it's possible. It's possible. Yeah. So, but she just happens to be this exact human being. Yeah. And um, that's it. I kind of leave that leave that alone. And then next thing you know, it's Cinco de Mayo, and I'm uh, but I'm living downtown LA at the time. And JP again, he's like, "Yo, come with me to this party that a utility board shop's doing." I was like, "No, nah, I'm good, dog. Like I'm just gonna chill." And uh, five minutes later, after just looking at the wall, I go to this party in Pomona, uh-huh. drive downtown. I'm all, I'm there. I'm like on another level. This is where that video was yep. made, that yep. re- reenacted. Yep. And I'm leaving the party, and I look, and I'm like, Alana? That's yeah. a 10 year gap to 10 that? 10 year gap, yeah. I saw her one time randomly, but that was it. Okay, and then then the whole story happened where there was what some sort of fight, and then you were walking away. That's when you saw her across yeah, the street. Yeah, I saw her. I, and the like, whole video. I was like, man, I was a big fan of the video. Um, I saw. I got the digits. You know what I mean? And um, 
No, I'm not going to say what I say said. Say it. Nah. Yo, I got this vision board. And like, no. I'm just wondering, so, are you passionate but, about anything? No, 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 no. <laughs> All right, whatever. How's I'll your say family it. value? <laughs> so, she te- so I leave that night. I'm faded. And she texts me in the morning. And I see, I see it. It comes up. It says, Alana. She says, did you get home okay? Oh, so you texted him first. Exactly. Ooh. So I text Old her back. Me. I text her back. I'm like, who is this? I text her back. I'm like, who yeah. is this? Yeah. She's like, it's Alana. And so I text her back. I was like, oh, so it wasn't a dream? <laughs> so God bad, dude. Damn That's it. That's so bad. Well, how did you, did you, did that work on you? So or were bad. you like, ah, oh, shit. Like, oh my God. Like, so she cute. wasn't having it though. That she was not it. having it. I mean, I took her on some really dope dates. And mind you, like my head's huge. I just got the seven series. I've got, I got 25 G's in my account. Like, I'm killing it, yeah. right? 22 years old. Clearly. And you can wish anything yeah. into existence. And then I, you know. I mean, after just wishing, you told, you're telling me you wished a BMW and $25,000 into existence. Yeah. You got it. Your mom was like, yo, why don't you throw a girl on there? You threw a got girl it. on there. It got that exact yeah. girl. Yeah. And so you're just like, yo, anything you want, because I got this vision That's board. It. I can just kind of, whatever you sort need. Sort of like a genie situation. Yep. Um, okay, let me just, just because I know I'm cutting you off, but was there ever a time when she came over and you had to like, like did you ever discuss that there was a photo of her on your vision board she probably heard it the first time while i was doing a talk somewhere so i would do a lot of talks got at real estate so offices no yeah and got i it. have it i've got it somewhere that's incredible